Hey out there in Radio Land, do you guys like food and beer? You know we do, uh, because we like to eat and drink. So, you should check out New Earth Market. You can do both things there. That's right. You could buy a pizza and beer and eat it there. That's right. Or if you're just doing your weekly grocery shopping, go pick out a beer from the selection, buy it, open it while you grocery shop. It's a revolutionary way to shop for groceries, and one that'll make you happy and your wife happy and your kids happy. Don't give them beer, though. They'll be happy because you're happy. That's a New Earth Market here in Chico at 864 East Avenue. And if I'm not mistaken, they have events every now and again, yes? That's right. Stick with them and their social media, and you'll get the updates on when those happen. New Earth Market in Chico. Check them out. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is a podcast. It's about craft beer and it's about film. And every now and again, when one of us doesn't watch a movie, it's also about Four Loco. In this case, for the first time ever, it's not me. I'm one of your co-hosts, Max Minardi. Hi, I'm Johnny Summers. And Johnny is drinking a Four Loco because he was not able to see the film Crazy Rich Asians this week. Maybe you haven't seen it either. We're not going to spoil that movie. Johnny especially won't spoil it uh, until the very end of our show. So if you're tuning in to hear about the movie, we're spoiler free. We'll give you plenty of heads up. We're also covering two craft beers. We'll get to those in a little bit. Um, Three if you count the Four Loco. If you count a Four Loco, we're covering three craft beers alcohol beverages yes and there's a zima in the fridge in case things get weird. Oh, i forgot about the zima yeah you just brought that so we could go down together like, yeah you could drink that i'll drink this yeah uh okay that's it that's what i wanted to say so um you you're... did you say the parts because there's three of them yeah i guess we cover a beer and we talk about ourselves a little bit and then we take a break and then we cover our movie spoiler free then we take another break come back spoil the movie and talk about a second uh beverage and we also get a little bit off the rails in terms of uh, language sometimes we uh, we let some more bad language drop. I feel like I'm missing one thing in the danger zone. Or maybe I just didn't say the danger zone, and that was my problem. I think that's what it was. It feels better now that I've said it. So that's it. I like it. That's the structure of our show. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. If you like what you're hearing, you ever want to reach out to us, you can find us on all the social medias at Fresh Hop Cinema. You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com to let us know what you think or what your favorite four loco is. Good. Yeah, that's okay. That's, those are important <laughs> things. Um, Hell yeah. Do you so want to jump in? That's the housekeeping. That's who that's we the are. Housekeeping. That's what we are. That's what we do. And today I'm drinking a Four loco. Yeah, I'm excited because I've had to do this maybe twice on the in the show in the past almost two years we've been doing this. Yeah. And you've never had to do it. Correct. And now you do. And it makes me so happy. I've been saving it, man. Yeah. So you're what? Maybe ha- you're, yeah, you're almost, you're more than halfway done with this thing, which yeah. is not, not my strategy when I do it on the podcast, but we'll see how it goes. Well... I have a stronger constitution than you. Sure, sure. <laughs> let's uh, let's jump into our actual beers. What say ya? What say ya? What say, say you? What say ya? What say you? What say ya? Uh, I think we should. I brought this one. This is a beer that we actually were going to drink on a show um, many months back, but we didn't end up doing it. I think we had already filled our beer quota, and it was not as cold as we were hoping. Now it's just about the right temperature. It's an old. It's an old Bruin from Freem. Yes. Um, if you've never heard of this brewery, I don't blame you. You probably don't understand what I'm saying. I'll spell it instead. P. F-R-I-E-M, Freem. And Ode Bruin is a style of brown ale, usually aged. It's uh, actually a matter of fact. It's, it literally translates old brown. I believe you are correct, sir. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and read through this, what, uh, what Freem has on the website. Would you be so kind as to pour us this, and then we'll start talking about it? Yes. Um, so it's an 8.7%. It's 10 IBUs, so very, very not bitter. Um, and I'm just going to read the history of this beverage. Uh, Freem has it on their website. 
and I'm just going to just pick a little bit of it. Um, it says Ode Bruin and Flanders Red uh, is known as the Burgundies of Belgium. Those are the two different styles. Uh, this style of beer once ruled West Flanders, which is an area in Belgium. Uh, this beer is brewed using large amounts of Munich and caramel malt. With traditional brewing methods. The beer is then aged in large wood barrels, vats, and fodders. Foders. I always mix that up. Is it F O E D E R S? I think we decided it was Foders. I think we did too. I think it should be Foder. Foder is just funner to say. Foder, it is. Uh, then is inoculated with wild yeast and lactic acid, which gives you that uh, the sour taste, the the sour part of the sour red or sour brown, whatever you're drinking. Old sour brown. Uh, it says the most important process is the tradition of aging the red ales in huge vats of unlined oak. The wood, which cannot be sterilized, is home to dozens of wild yeast and bacterial strains that consume the residual sugars in the beer. And then it ages, and you get this wonderful drink. Um, I found this particular bottle back in, uh, I think I found it last year, in 2017, in Reno at Craft. Okay. Uh, wine and beer. It was like 10 bucks, I think. It's a 375 milliliter bottle, but I think it's going to be worth it. This is a very labor-intensive beer. It's pretty good, too. It's pretty good. Yeah. Have you ever been to Frame? No. Where is it? They are outside of Portland, and I want to say the the Columbia Gorge. Is that right? Yeah. If you approach Portland from the east, yeah. uh, you go up like through the Dalles and head into the east. There's this beautiful gorge. It's the Columbia River Gorge, and um, it's just a beautiful. There's this one spot right outside where Frame is, and you can go up to the top of this park, and you can see for like, 50 miles in every direction, like down this river. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But uh, they've got a really cool uh, tap room, and it's right on the river. So, like, if you sit in their tap room, you look out the windows, the river uh, and the border to the state of Washington's like, 30 yards away. Nice. Yeah, it's so, saying on their website, it's Hood River. Hood River. Yeah, which sounds sounds right for what yes. you're describing. Uh, you already tried this? Yeah. Your initial thoughts, please. It's good. It's way, way less sour than I thought it was going to be, which is nice. I appreciate that. Because I haven't been digging on the big tart, mm. super acidic. That's interesting, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely you can tell um, between like a an, a sour like a Flanders red or an, or a brown ale, uh, a lot more of that like caramely malty yeah. vibe in this than you would have like a sour fruitiness out of a red ale, maybe definitely or a Flanders it's, style red. It's nice. It's definitely heavy on the carbonation too. It super is. It's actually throwing me off a little bit. Like we said, this is eight point seven percent, which is pretty high. Uh, I think it only goes up from here, right? <laughs> For the rest of the episode, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's it, it feels like it should be a little bit lighter in in alcohol than it is. It doesn't feel quite as heavy as it as it is. Yeah, I would have guessed like anywhere between four and six. Yeah, with the way it drinks, it's nice and light and fluffy. It really reminds me of uh, an almost ripe nectarine, mm. where the, the skin's just that little tang, but it's not like overwhelmingly tart. I get that, but I also pick up some like chocolatey. Caramel vibes. You could see that a little bit subtle, like on the back burner. Yeah, or d- maybe I wouldn't have leaned toward nectarine, but definitely more of like a darker plum date kind of thing. Yeah, it's something. It's good with I, like the flesh of a, a citrus like that, and the or body fruit. of a lion. Yeah, and the yeah. head of an octopus. Right. <laughs> uh, no, it's good though. So you like it? Yeah, it's nice. It's it's unassuming. Like it, it's definitely it ca- caught me off guard. I was just reading the bottle. I was assuming yeah. it'd be way more sour. Same. I, I think there's a lot going on here, especially as it sits on your palate. It evolves quite a bit. You get more of the, the uh, kind of what I was hinting at, more of the, the plum and date side of things as it mellows out. It definitely almost smells like brown sugar. Yeah, huh? Yeah, it's like caramel molasses, brown sugar, that sort of thing. Um, but the carbonation up front is what threw me for my initial loop. Yeah, I, could I do t- think it's good, though. Yeah, I could tell just by pouring the way that, that the head just went crazy. Yeah, it just, just bubbles all, all over. I think that means just to, it's still kind of alive. So th- yeah. This beer's probably been subtly changing over the last 
year. Yeah, two. it's also worth pointing out if you don't know this about a lot of uh, aged, especially sour ales, they have uh, corks most of the time. Um, and that doesn't quite seal out all the air. So you still have sometimes like active uh, flavors changing and mm-hmm. sometimes fermenting and getting a little weirder. Cork beer is just like wine. It will change right. as you age it. And that's why a lot of them come in cages because those uh, add pressure. So the cages, the wire cages around the corks often keep the cork from exploding and shooting out your eye like a Red Rider BB gun. That's right. On Christmas Day. We accidentally, we had a moment where we popped a cork in here one time on the air and it almost shot one of us. I don't remember that, but that sounds awesome. It definitely happened. I can't remember when, but it did. I That's pretty out. cool. We should try and recreate that sometime. Sure. I could just shaking this one up and then just taking the cage off. <laughs> yeah. You know? That sounds like fun. Uh, so if you guys are listening, uh, actually, wherever you are, and this beer is available to you, I would love to know, because I haven't seen it around in a while, and I think it would be nice to do a side-by-side of a, of a current one, because like we said, this is uh, at least a year old. Yeah, I don't know how far they distribute outside of the Portland area. Mm-hmm. I mean, it made it to Reno, so I'm assuming this would probably get to Northern California. I've, I've seen Freem around town. Yeah? Yeah. I'm At least I think I have. I'm pretty sure. I think you're correct. Yeah. I believe. I've, and not often. No. Definitely one of those hit or miss. Like, I've seen it every once in a while. Uh, more so of their, like, fresher beers, like their hoppy. I want to say I've seen the Freem Pilsner floating around chico yeah like yeah I, or maybe no they had a brett ipa as well but that was also in reno now that i think about it mm. hmm. i think it's around I yeah yeah i think at least you you can find one of their beers we're only responsible we're only responsible for getting it for us to drink right it. exactly the rest is the rest is up to you rest, exactly uh, before we rate this beer i wanted to read the tasting notes they have on their website they say deep crimson with ruby head this is just the description uh bright aromas of marionberry apple butter tobacco and Cabernet, that sounds right to me. Uh, big vinous flavors, raspberry fig, baker's chocolate, boom, points for me. I think sherry and leather finishes tart, jammy, tannic. Yeah, that'd be a great word to use. Tannic, for yeah, totally. And lovely, which seems very subjective, but okay, I'll yeah, take just it. Just call right. your beer lovely, why don't you? Right. No, definitely get, uh, like, I could see the leathery, too. Just that, yeah, that, totally. Just that, like, musty mm-hmm. bitterness that, yeah. It kind of tastes the way leather smells. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely got that quality, like an old dusty desk. Can you pull out an old wallet? Yeah, like and smell, there's tobacco smoke in the air. Smells like Indiana Jones's satchel. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I'm gonna take one more sip here. Take one more sip. Once again, this has been Oud Bruin from Freem Brewing out of Oregon. Max, do you have a rating for this beer? It's a seven. Is a seven? Yeah. Why? It's good. I, I think it's well made. I just don't particularly love it. What would make it better? I. J- you know, I think the style is well represented. I think maybe I'm just not a big fan of of the brown, the sour brown thing going. Yeah. Didn't this use isn't this like one of your favorite? No, Flanders you, Reds. Flanders Reds. It's, it's the opposite. It's not the opposite, but but sort of the the other offering of this type of fermentation. Gotcha. Is is like what we were saying earlier, the Flanders Red Ales. They're typically a little bit more tart, less of the tobacco and leather and chocolate. Yeah, those ones can get a bit more into like the vinegar territory. They can, and they can get way too tart. So yes. it's it's a really fine line. I've had a couple that I really enjoy. Um, let me think of one. Oh, you know, actually, one that was n- not super traditionally brewed, but I really loved was by Green Flash. It was their cellar. Uh, I think it's like cellar three or cellar nine. It's a series they did. Three, three. Yep. And um, it was. I can't think of what it was called. I remember it though. Yeah, it was like I, you know I might look it up, but yeah. I, I love that one. And it was it came in a giant like seven fifty. Yeah bottle 750 milliliter yeah can't be right Mm -hmm. is that right Mm -hmm. it's only twice the size of this Mm -hmm. doesn't feel that big i guess it is that's pretty big that's what she said okay let's (laughs) get going um so anyways that's good but i don't know sour browns like i I really enjoy la folie from new belgium okay i enjoyed the 2013 offering 
Ooh, uh, fancy. Most, I don't think I've had any of the recent ones, but that was really good. But it was more tart and a little bit more fruity rather than the, you know, the tobacco-y qualities here. Yeah, I think those would be maybe my only two complaints as well as just a little bit more tartness and a little bit more fruit. You'd want more? Yeah. Yeah. Like this beer's a little not tart. Like what's the opposite of tart? Uh, um, tret. Tret? Let's just spell it. Yeah. yeah. Right. The, the, it's just a little, it, it feels like it just wants a little bit more. Yeah, I think if the carbonation weren't so active, you might, or I might be a little bit more open to some of the darker flavors here. Also, I've drank half a four loco before that, I tasted that. Is, that. That's the other so, reason I was saying maybe hold off because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. You know? Yeah. My reviews of this show should be thrown immediately out the window. Right. Do you want to give that disclaimer for everything that we do on this show? Uh, yeah. I'm not responsible for anything I say going forward. That's, that's not the disclaimer I meant. Oh, that's the disclaimer <laughs> I meant. Just, I was going to say, we're, you know. As far as the beer ratings go, yeah, the palate is going to be uh, severely tainted. Uh, and I'll tell you why in a minute after I give this beer the rating of 6.5. 6.5, fair enough. It's respectable. It's a good representation of the style. I think if you've never had it, it'd be a good one. It'd be a good beer to give to someone that doesn't like craft beer. You think? It's, it's one of those ones that like, yeah, like a wine drinker I was would, would say, love yeah, this beer. Somebody that drinks wine that is kind of hesitant to get it. Although I think the carbonation might be throw off like if this, if this beer were less carbonated and had the same flavors i think it would be more approachable well if that's the case you just open it and, and just let, let it breathe it, yeah. and let the the carbonation dissipate a little but Fair. yeah i mean overall i like it it's not my favorite oud brewin that i've ever had mm-hmm. uh it's it's definitely not the worst it is a solid beer from freem i don't think i've ever had a bad beer from them They've yeah I had, that, just, I had that bread ipa and that's I think it was. I think it was them. I think. It, yeah. I think I've. I yeah, actually I remember you sent me a picture of that while you were in, at Craft in Reno. I yeah, mean, maybe that beer though, that style of that a Brett IPA. That's just you, yeah. It's I don't so meet a lot of people that are like you know. I love me a good Brett IPA. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's yes. not really on the tip of anyone's tongue. So yeah. I think just stylistically, that's going to be a miss for a lot of people most of the time anyway but yeah. overall i like most of their beers and i love their tap room sure i can't yeah, recommend sounds, sounds popping beautiful. in there enough yeah we had dinner last time we were up there well sweet then just before we move on i just want to clarify it's called flanders drive is the one from cellar three by green flash cool that's uh, what i got it's a barrel age too if i'm actually i didn't read that just now but i think it is uh maybe it's not it's only 6.9 percent uh hmm. in any case yeah, i remember that one being good i remember it being heavy on the vinegar it is extremely yeah wow. you can go that way real fast you have to wrap your head around that before you drink that yeah. sucker it's actually one that probably doesn't need to be in a 750 milliliter bottle there's a lot there but you know yeah that'd be a feat to drink a whole 750 of that by yourself yeah um all right well sweet let's put freem's oud brew into bed shall yeah. we yeah i want you to talk about what's in my glass before we get any further because this it's getting greener sure i, I don't want to be too too uh crass or visual here but if you can imagine the hulk's urine i think that's kind of how i would describe the color here it's a hulk load it's um it's so Johnny's drinking this four loco and uh, just just it's just green. It looks like um, Gatorade. It's not, it's not just green. It's, it it is, looks like bioluminescent, like runoff from some type of nuclear plant. It looks like Fukushima. Yeah, the floor. Yeah, or Chernobyl. It's not good, man. Yeah, it's the four loco black, clocking in at fourteen percent, uh, and it is just a ridiculous shade of like neon pastel green. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if uh, the slime from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yes. and uh, Mountain Dew had a baby. Yeah, that's a really good. That's I think really that, good. I think that's about what it tastes like too. But I actually had Mountain Dew in my glass before. I still have a little bit. Yeah, because uh, I wanted. I just had one. I had yeah. one around, so I opened it, and it's incredible how not green Mountain Dew is. You think it's green, and then you pour this, and then it's like it looks. You know, see, looks, Mount, 
Not, not green. Mountain Dew lies because the bottles and the cans are green. That's true. And actually, this lies because the can is black. And yeah. then it's like, boom, here's here's green for you. It's green. Like, what? I, so, to be fair, it'd be kind of scary if the liquid was just black. Yeah, I don't think that's good marketing. Like, I don't think there's, I don't, well, coffee, kind of. It's not really even black. There's a water that's black. Mm. It's like a mineral water and it's got like charcoal in it or something. I don't know. It's supposed to be cleansing, but I've seen it in stores and it's just black. That isn't, I don't think I would drink. I wouldn't reach for it. I'll I'm tell gonna, you that much. I'm going to bring us some next week. Sure. Then if it was put in front of me, I might try it, but I wouldn't reach for it. No. So you have to pour it in my mouth. I wonder if it turns your teeth black. Probably. I don't know. But let's move right along. Hot and bothered. Yeah. I'm just going to, can I just lump you in? This is your bother. The bother <laughs> is the Fort Loco, Loco in front of me. Yeah. I think that's probably fair, but. If you got something worse. I think that's it. Yeah. It's really the the only thing that's bothersome in my life right now is the choking down this warm Four loco. Yep. Fair. Well, I've got uh, I've got no bothers either. I want to give a hot here. I got two. I so think you're the hottest. I think that's true. I think you win the hottest. Um, but do you have at least one? Yeah. All right. I'll do mine first so it doesn't just Wait, fade. Let, let me go first. And one. then you do one, and then I'll do one to close it out. You'll you'll have the closer. Have yeah. You're the you're the closing bit. A couple weeks ago, we talked about a stand-up comedy special by Hannah Gadsby called Nanette. I finally got the chance to watch it on a couple of recommendations. If you didn't hear us talk about it a couple weeks ago, I'll just tell you now. It was recommended by a friend. Um, Hannah Gadsby is a... I don't know how long she's been in comedy, but it's based on what she says in this special. It's been quite a while. Um, she's from Tasmania. She's from Tasmania. She is, I, I think she's, she's a lesbian. We'll say that for sure. Um, I don't think she identifies as anything other than that. She's pretty careful about not saying that, but, but all of her, com- all this entire special is around her, her upbringing and her life as a, as an atyp, like a person in the margins, essentially. Um, and there are moments of very intense laughter, but also just in like, just really honest, transparent moments of this woman's life. And it's so good. Very, very honest. It's, it's in the top, top three or four specials I've ever seen. Nice. It's fantastic. So I just want to say, if you get a chance, it's on Netflix. I think you can probably find it elsewhere, but it's Hannah Gadsby, G-A-D-S-B-Y, Nanette. Yeah. Netflix is obviously the easiest place to find it. Everyone has got Netflix. That's cool, man. I'm going to watch that. I only watched the first half of it, but it yeah. was very good. The, and it's the, like the last eight or nine minutes is just, in, it's crazy. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it a chance. The only reason I didn't finish it, like I said earlier, was I was looking for like just a traditional pure standup to just mm-hmm. giggle and yep. put it on in the background. This isn't that. This is almost like watching a podcast. Mm-hmm. This is like, you need to like sit down, be focused, pay attention. It's definitely yeah. like a, like a learning experience, you know, it, yeah. it was way more like a Ted talk almost than, oh, okay. than a comedy sure, special. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, from what I saw, it was really cool. Yeah. My hot is also a Netflix show. Nice. Uh, it didn't start out on Netflix though. It started out on AMC and that show, I know I'm way behind the times, but I'm deep, deep in it right now is uh, better call Saul. Oh yeah. You ever watch that? Bob Odenkirk. Yes. Uh, no, I don't never have. Uh, I, Wanted to give it a try like years ago because it's been out for a while. Um, just could never get into it. It's kind of a slow burn at first, but uh, I was kind of in the market for something to watch when I have some free time. And it really, give it like two episodes and it grabs you like crazy. So, And how many are you in total now? Uh, there's three seasons on Netflix. I have just, I think I'm three episodes into season three. Oh, nice. I've been, I've been binging it. it hard. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's really good. Bob Odenkirk is involved in the production and I believe a little bit of the writing. Sweet. Um, and if you're kind of missing that 
that uh, Breaking Bad niche. Yeah, it's kind of like that, huh? It's the same universe, and it's kind of towards season three, like the middle of it, they're starting to incorporate some of the same characters from Breaking Bad. Wow. So don't go into it expecting Breaking Bad, because just that show was so immediately unique with the characters and whatnot, but it's it's a nice substitute. And also, it, it you never really got to see Bob Odenkirk shine in... Breaking Bad because he was their lawyer. Oh, gotcha. So it, that's the reference. I don't know if you. Knew I got that. it. Better call Saul. They're calling the lawyer. Yeah. No problem. Okay. His name it. was Saul Goodman. Um. So yeah, it's it's in that universe and it's it's pretty enjoyable. So if you're watching that or if you have watched it, let's chat about it sometime. That's great, man. That's how kind of how I watched uh, um, Dear White People, just oh. in like like two days. <laughs> also another great show. So good. So good. Yeah, I think I watched it because they're like twenty three minute at like TV half hours. They're and short. I, I think like 10 per there's like only two seasons on Netflix right now, but I watched them in like, yeah, like two days. Yeah. And I love that when shows are 23 minutes long, dude, I'll eat them up like candy. Yeah. I think it's tough because like you can have shows that are uh, a little like you take like an office or something similar, Mm -hmm. um, which are TV half hours and you can, you can, you can just munch them forever. Mm -hmm. But if you get something more like, um, like like a like an hour show like Game of Thrones or something. I have friends that binge watch that like for the first time. It's like I don't know how you process that. Yeah. Like I think you you need to take a breather. Yeah. But the, you know different people different strategies. Yes, exactly. With an hour long show like that, you almost need like that week off in between yeah. episodes to like dissect it and figure it out. Because especially with with Game of Thrones, there's so many angles. Mm-hmm. All the characters have different motivations and so many plots. And how many plots would you say are always going on in Game of Thrones? Like seven? Yeah. Well, now there's even so many more. But Dude. Like, yeah, from day one, there was like five different yeah. perspectives. It was ridiculous. It's one of those arguments like between, especially now with Netflix being as prevalent as it is, like if you're putting out a show, do you just dump all the episodes and let people do with it what they will? Or do you just kind of dose them out and let people process it the way you want them to? Yeah. Um there's a show called Castle Rock that just came out on Hulu. Yeah. It was a J.J. Abrams and Stephen King collaboration. And oh, that's right. Yeah. Meaning to watch it, I've had several people, shout out Austin, was like, hey, watch this. You'd love it. Uh, they're only releasing like three episodes every other week. Oh, okay. So you all, they're forcing you to, to ration it so out. So wait, three episodes every other week? So like like so, one and a half episodes per week? No, like when, it, when the show aired, there was like bloop, three episodes. Oh, okay. And then like, I think a week or two weeks later, it was oh, like I see what you're saying. three episodes. Okay, got it. So that's an interesting way to do that. Though. I don't think any other shows have done that in this like modern streaming age. Right. I can't think of any. Nope. So that's kind of to your point that there's those multiple ways to look at that. Right. If you want your show taken seriously and like paid attention to, you almost have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's tricky. I, I personally like I'm mad when I don't have more of a show to watch, but I think that's the idea. Like the this is the whole point of a cliffhanger in a TV show. Like if you can immediately like if if it's like all right next episode five it's like all right I'll just not gonna let that emotionally hit me. Like I don't have to process it. I'll just get the answer to it in two seconds. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't like it. No, yeah, that's you need the suspense to build and build and build. That's the point of suspense. Yeah, it's just bad writing if it just builds and then is resolved. Yeah, it's like it's like building up a relationship for five years. Five and a half years, and then finally getting engaged. Oh my god! Which is what I did this last week. Everybody, if you're wondering, I'm engaged to a wonderful lady. Yeah, uh, we got engaged last week, and I'm not going to say anything about it more than that because it's very personal. So I'm not going to go there. Personal, you, personal. You know. Um, <laughs> so congrats to me. Yes, congrats uh, to you. It's I slow accept. Clap. I accept gifts in the form of four locos for Johnny. Yes, That's all I take. Uh, we should go to a break and we should come back and talk about a movie that you haven't seen. I like how you just dash that in there. That's it. We'll That's never it. never speak of it again. No. It's all good. So we will be back after the break where Max is going to tell me about 
crazy rich Asians. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Sweet. Yo, you there listening to this, go to Secret Trail because tonight they are putting out a beer as they do every Monday, that you will never be able to drink again. That's right. It's the Monday Explorer Series down at Secret Trail Brewing Company. Tonight, or today, from 3 to 9, they've got on a beer called Silver Hammer. It's a West Coast IPA that they brewed with some friends up in Reading, and it has uh, got four different hops in it, all kinds of crazy stuff going on, 70 IBUs, 7%, super fresh, super juicy. Go try it out. It's available for pretty much one day only. They are located at 132 Myers Street here in Chico, California. Check them out on all the social media platforms at Secret Trail Brew Co. Secret Trail, live and drink off the beaten path. Crazy rich Asians. Which implies they are crazy rich. Yes, and that they are Asian. I didn't know that. I okay. thought they might be just crazy. No, they are crazy. You're right. I see what you're saying. No, yeah. there was no comma. Crazy rich is one describer. Yeah. Um. So just to recap real quick, Johnny Summers, you've not seen this movie. That's why you're drinking the Four Loco. And that's why Max is going to give us the facts. Exactly. So this is a film written and directed by John Chu. It's based on a novel from 2013 by Kevin Kwan. It follows a couple uh, that live in New York and... I'll just actually give you the cast first. Constance Wu plays Rachel Chu, and Henry Golding plays Nick Young. Nick is, uh, as far as Rachel is concerned, just this fella who she met uh, in New York, and he's like, all right, we've been dating for a year. Why don't you come back and meet my family in Singapore? And she's like, all right, that sounds pretty good. Plot twist. His family is, you guessed it, crazy rich, and they are also Asian. It would have been weird if they weren't because he is, I suppose. Yeah. Assuming they're biologically related. Yeah. I mean, it could have been an Angelina Jolie adoption type Correct. situation. Yes. You never know. Um, so this movie kind of follows their entire relationship going through. Um, well, they have to go back to Singapore for his his best friend's wedding. He's the best man. So he takes Rachel back and she gets to meet the whole clan. And she is not, as they say, one of them because she's a, she's an American-raised uh, Chinese person rather than not that. Mm. So she has none of the culture. 
And this movie is about, uh, you know, kind of making an impression and, and proving it's a rom-com, everybody. It's not a new thing. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of, like, meeting the parents for the first time vibe. Yeah. Trying to fit in a lot of awkwardness and a lot of mom not approving. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that. And I want, uh, of this movie, I guess I'm going to be doing a lot of the steering in this conversation, obviously. I'm going to uh, ask you lots of questions. And that's perfect. I want to go through a couple more hard facts. This was released August 15th of 2018. Uh, it's a rom-com. It's rated PG-13. There's some language um, and some suggestive stuff in there, but nothing nothing that I think a child couldn't handle. Although, maybe a child wouldn't want to see this movie because it wouldn't be interesting because it's about love, you, cooties, no thank you. Gross. Take your kids if you want, but not if they don't want. Unless you want a date night, bring them along, you know? I also want to say I had somebody in the theater today. I think my Red Bull's working. <laughs> I was going to say, Jesus Christ, are you in a hurry? It's like somebody's listening. Like, Well, you just read that, too, just, like in warp speed. Right after the break, they're like, man, are they recording this a different day? Because the energy level has just shifted dramatically. Yeah, he's drinking a Red Bull, and I am working on finishing a Four loco. We're correct. going in polar yeah. opposite directions. Our evenings are going to be very different. So I had a lady. Um, theater was relatively empty. Um, there were maybe like 15, 20 people in there. And a, an oldish, not oldish, but like you know, like 50, 60 older than me, lady and her husband were sitting like on the other end of the row and she laughed at everything. Oh, she was an, oh, was she an overlaugher? Incredibly. Like even like repeating, like, you know, like you'll repeat a line for emphasis because it was funny. Like, yeah, she was like, aha. Uh-huh. And you know, that's what she did. Mm. And it that's... was, it just happened a couple of times, but she thought it was so funny. Like, that trailer for that movie with Kevin Hart and, um, oh, what's her name? Night school. Yeah. Night. Yeah. Rashid, not Rashida. No. Oh, she's taking over the world right now. Biggest yeah. female comic. And I can't in the think world. of her name. Um, we'll think of it in a second. It doesn't matter right now. Yeah. But she's like laughing at everything in that trailer. Like all the slack. Like he crashes the car and she's just like, ah, ha, ha, ha. It's like, all right, come on. Like that's if, that's what I was thinking at the time. I was like, that's getting that much of a laugh out of you. That's a throwaway joke because they put it in the trailer. Like, what, what what happens when the comedy comes up in this movie that we're actually here to see? And I was right. She freaked out. It was so funny to her. And I loved it. It was great. You know what? Like, live your life. She's never, it's like she'd never seen a movie. Yeah. Like, never seen anything funny. No. Or like, like, so that's what I want to say about this movie. Um, This is not necessarily an original plot, right? Okay. It's, It's guy brings girl home to impress family. Shenanigans ensue. The couple things that I do want to point out, and I wrote this down in our notes, is that this is the, the reason this movie is getting as much hype as it is, at least one of the reasons, one of the main kind of news headline reasons is that it's it's the first time in 25 years there's been an American film with an all-Asian cast. Which is crazy. Yeah, the last film was Joy Luck Club, which I never saw. Um, but there's this kind of known thing about Asian people being represented in Hollywood as, um, you know, as, well, A, minor characters also undeveloped, and they're usually, like, random sex objects or, like, effeminate dudes that get ragged on by straight white dudes. Or good at kung fu. Right, that sort of thing. So, like... That's a huge point about this movie. It's a fully developed cast of, of characters that are more developed than many, many, many rom-com white movies or rom-coms in general. That's cool. So I, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it was better done than, uh, I'll say this from the get-go, I said this to you off, off air, but I think it's one of my favorite romantic comedies ever. It might be my favorite. Nice. It's so well done. Can I ask you a question? What was your favorite before this? Yeah, that's a good question. I'd have to really think on it. Like, what 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 are a couple of your favorites that come to mind? Well, so this is tricky because I mentioned to you, I said I said a couple things. I said uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is not a romantic comedy. Five Hundred Days of Summer is mm-hmm. that one's up there for me. Yeah. That's a very good one. Yeah. Um, and there's you know I don't does Elf count? <laughs> actually, well, you said Five Hundred Days of Summer. I started yeah, thinking right, about Winter. Zoe Deschanel. Oh, there you go. Sure. I actually think I think that does count. 
Not weirdly enough. It could. And I think it does, right? Do they fall in love at the end? Yeah. That's a big that's a big qualifier. Yeah, and it was a comedy. Right. There was romance. There was romance and comedy. I think those um, I think those are the only two qualifiers. Yeah, right. I'm trying um, to think like I, there's really not many I've seen. I could I, it's always tough to like think. Pretty stuff. Woman is like one of the, maybe the most classic rom-coms. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I guess you'd call that a romantic comedy, but not in a traditional sense of like modern com- There's a different formula now I think for modern romantic comedies. Yeah. Think of like Just Friends with um who was in that? Do you know the movie I'm talking about by chance? Yeah, wasn't that uh, Justin Timberlake in that? No, that is uh, you're thinking of Friends with Benefits. Yeah, that's what that was. And uh, what's her name? Jessica Biel. Wasn't Jessica Biel in that? Negative. No, Mila she Kunis. was in. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Okay, that was kind of a romantic comedy. Definitely a romantic slash comedy. buddy cop sort of not cops yeah. but buddy movie. In any case, I'm gonna stay on track here for just a minute. Um, so again, my initial thoughts immediately like it's an extremely well made movie. All of the characters, for the most, all the main characters are very well developed. You, it's, you get a snapshot of an actual, this is a crazy part. Cause like they're crazy, crazy rich. Like not, I thought maybe it was an exaggeration, but they're like huge real estate and property developers in Singapore. Like their family started Singapore when it was nothing. They're balling crazy rich. Okay. Yeah. How much do you know about Singapore? None. Very little. Singapore is balling. They're yeah. one of the most advanced uh, economies. There's, yeah. There's a joke in this movie where, um, one of the not the main family, not not the young family, but um, one of Rachel's friends who she went to university with. Her family also lives in Singapore, so she went to say hi to them. And there's like these two little twins, and they don't eat their vegetables. And like the mom's like, "Eat your food." They're starving kids in America. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was, it was just a funny. That is yeah, funny. It was good. No, uh, so th- that's what I know about Singapore is like they're way better off than they they are, and it is kind of um, globally known as the cleanest country mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, it's a fact that if you spit on the sidewalk uh, in, or like litter in front of a police officer, you will get like forty lashes in Singapore. I don't think that's true. Just look it up. Forty it's like lashes. Capital punishment. Like they will beat you in the street. I will look that up. That seems insane. Yeah, but they have really strict laws about cleanliness and like yeah. they clean the streets every night. I had a, a friend whose brother was actually a teacher in Singapore for a while, and he brought me chopsticks from there. It's pretty oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Like some from like a street vendor, but right. yeah, super, super clean, super yeah. advanced, like high tech, like very, very advanced. Yeah, did they show a lot of that in the yes. movie? Yeah, it was also when they first arrived, they flew from JFK to uh, the, one of the airports there. And you know, Rachel, she was she's getting her first taste of this, right? And she's like, Man, like JFK is a, a garbage hole, basically. Like, this that's so annoying. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, like th- this airport happened to have like a butterfly garden and a movie theater. And like it just kind of set the scene. And there's like these big crane drone shots where you see the city. It looks nice. It's crazy looking. Let me see. Was that the actual airport in Singapore? I don't know. That'd be crazy. But I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're balling, man. I kind of want to go to Singapore. Yeah. The other thing. Oh, well, not the other thing. The first thing really that I want to talk about is like the food in this movie. They, there's so many good food montages. Really. Like when they first get there, you mentioned street vendor chopsticks. Mm-hmm. There's this whole scene where where they finally get off the plane. They re- unite with their friends for the first time and. Um, it's the couple that's about to be married, and they just go to all these different street vendors. Can and, I pause you for a yeah, sec? Sure. So the the main couple yes. that we're focusing on are going to Singapore. Poor, excuse me. Yeah, not Singapore. Yeah, Ooh, that's the burn. That's a neighboring yeah. boring country. <laughs> yeah, uh, to see some friends of his get married. Yeah, correct? so Nick and Rachel are our couple, yep. and Nick's he's going to be the best man in his best friend's wedding. So he okay. figured now's a good time to introduce Rachel to his family. Makes sense. Who are famously very rich that's the other thing she doesn't know that yeah that seemed like a surprise he's for been her. very mysterious about his family because the whole thing is like he doesn't want 
her to just try to be with him because of his money. No, I'm not saying she's a gold digger. Somebody in this movie does. There's just I won't mm. spoil it, but there's yeah. obviously that's an implication that, that comes up. It's got yeah. to. He's also like the most el- eligible bachelor. And there's like this, there's a really interesting social media element to all this hmm. um, that I think plays out pretty nicely. All right. Um, anyways, but the food stuff is awesome. You get it. There's, there's so much culture that I don't even know Yeah. in this movie. And I think it's done in a really good way in a very, what I would assume is an honest uh, and realistic way. All right. Um, but the whole movie is kind of this dichotomy between like, uh, at least from his family's point of view, like, do you choose tradition in your family or do you choose love of a, an outsider basically? Mm. Um, so, you know, I don't know how much I want to say more than that plot-wise, but... All right, well, then let's get into some of the things that we normally discuss. It'll just be a little one-sided. Sure. What are some of your favorite scenes that you can tell without yeah, spoiling? Yeah, sure. Okay, so that first one is great. Um, the, the, food, the food? The food stuff. It's it's just so... It brings you into the into that world. Well, describe me. Is it is it a montage? You're getting different dishes thrown yes, at you? pretty much. Like, he's going up to different windows and ordering all these different foods, and then it's interspliced with them, putting them on the table, and they're all getting around. Like and a then, quick cut? ish okay a, a medium fast cut it's not right. that quick but um you get to see like he kind of knows the people here and they know him and rachel's kind of following along and and just kind of understanding that he's not the dude that she thought he was yeah um i really love that though oh, okay the there's a wedding obviously um the wedding that they are there for is the most beautiful wedding ceremony i've ever seen on film ever really it's so great um how to describe it it's so it's in an old chapel but there's been all sorts of nature brought in, like trees and tall grass. So like every every church pew or, or uh, bench has like grass behind it. So it's almost like you're sitting in this grass. It's so pretty. And then as the bride is walking down the aisle, um, the guests have like these these tr- they're like tree branches, but they have little light bulbs in them. So like there's like these swinging tree branches of light. And one of my favorite singers of all time, Kina Granis, makes a cameo in this movie. She's singing an Elvis song that I also love. I uh, cannot fall in love with you. And it's amazing. Oh, it's like that's... one of the most beautiful wedding. I almost started crying. Everything's been making me want to cry lately. I don't know what my deal is, but uh, not like that's super uncharacteristic, but like every <laughs> little, like a preview for this movie almost made me cry today. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I don't know. You did just get engaged and seeing a super romantic wedding scene. I could see that. Yeah. I think that's probably what it was. Yeah. I like, um no obviously and that that's that that elvis song is one of the i love that song uh the very first time i ever heard that song uh by a female was Mm. a singer songwriter in chico named aubrey debauchery and she she, sings that yeah she did a a, like an acoustic cover of that there was uh three chicks that were all bartenders at duffy's sirens i know the duffy's sirens and they did that song dude and it was these three chicks harmonizing with like two acoustic guitars and I was like, well, this is like the best version yeah, of that Yeah, that's wonderful. Song. That's such a great wedding song or just romance. Isn't it? I know, yeah. Um, I should say about this movie too because I want to give away another scene that I love. But um, as I said in the beginning, this movie's not not kind of re, re – what's the word? What's the phrase I'm looking it's for? It's not reinventing, reinventing the, wheel. the wheel. Thank you. Yep. Um, so we all know how this movie's going to end. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say the way – that it does i it's like if the, it didn't it'd be the worst romantic right comedy i actually ever. did think for a minute like oh really but then i feel like i would have heard that yeah. by now on the internet like it's been out for a week and a half like i'm sure i would have read something but. this film is getting compared to reservoir talks right just what yeah um so the so it takes place in well i won't even say that when when they do when there's that kind of final romantic speech like i but i love you that sort of thing 
It's so great. Yeah. Also, the dynamic between Rachel and Nick's mom throughout the whole thing is fantastic. Like, there seemed like a lot of hostility. Yeah. And, like, you kind of get where she's coming from, but his mom, I mean. Yeah. And then, but you're also like, well, she's still an asshole. Yeah. Kind of. But, but I get it. Like, I get it. Like, it's a family tradition. Like, his grandma's there too. And, but they're in love, you know? That sort of thing. So you keep saying that this is is definitely not reinventing the wheel, but it is in a way because it's looking at this through a completely different lens. Yes, I mean more storyline wise. Storyline wise, it's, sure. It's a, it's a total. I mean, the the if you could block this into main points, like yeah. people but, meet, introduce the family. There's stuff in the way they have to overcome those things. They finally overcome them. Yeah. They're happy. The general in idea that sense, yeah. and like essential plot points are there but it's it's through a unique perspective one that's definitely underrepresented in popular film these days also i want to say that a lot of this i think is shot in singapore or somewhere that looks a lot like what singapore is in my brain okay there's this beautiful scene where nick and his uh friend who's getting married uh, are out on this little floating kind of like cabana okay and they're just drinking a beer and we get this like they're sitting in uh sort of little hammock chairs and we look out from behind them out onto the ocean. It's it's a really beautifully shot movie. Nice. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm gonna see it again. Sounds like you enjoyed quite a bit of the writing as well. Just the dialogue yeah, and that's the- you know, that's the other thing. I do want to say that it is different than a normal rom com in this sense, is that a lot of the dialogue in a in a sort of a basic rom com is very cheesy, mm-hmm. very campy, very predictable. And they they did a good job. Um I assume a lot of it was John Chu, the director but maybe a lot of it's dialogue from the book by Kevin Kwan. Um, but it feels like they're real people. Like they're so well developed. The characters aren't just like auxiliary. Like here, there's a couple of those, you know, yeah, um, throw away friends. Yeah. But, but for the most part, everybody in, in the main storyline here is, is very real. Okay. Sounds like a well done movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's going to, well, we'll get to the, I guess I'm the only one that gets to rate it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'll rate it because you started That's true. the You're very right. first four loco consumed. Remember, if you recall, you rated the Lego Batman film. That's true. Better than I did. In that case, you can't rate it yet because I want to talk about it more. If I'm if I'm going to buy it, I'm going to give you more information. Yeah, to go definitely. Off, but, Sell me on this bad boy. Yeah, well, so I'm going to go ahead and just say my rating. Okay. And then I'll keep talking. I'm going to give this movie a nine. Wow. This is a greatly made movie. It yeah. makes me believe in love, which is a great thing in a movie. You know, if that's what a movie's trying to do and it does it, good on it, you know? Um, it's just, it's so well made. And, and, and by the way, the, the two main actors, Henry Golding and Constance Wu, um, are phenomenal. She, by the way, in this film is a, is an economics professor. She teaches in New York and, and that's a very prestigious thing because her characters come up basically from nothing. Her mom had to uh, emigrate to America when she was a little bit younger and you learn more about that in the movie. And, and then Henry Golding's character, Nick Young is, uh, sort of just this well off dude, but he like just bleeds charisma on screen. He's so likable. And it's just, they're so, it was so well cast and so well acted. Nice. Um, I will say more to you. Unless, actually, how do you want to do the danger zone this week? Do you want me to not spoil stuff for nope. your sake? Spoil it. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to say we should go to a break and then uh, come back and we'll talk more about this and our last beer. Well, I'm going to give it my rating. You want to do that now? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to do right. it now. All right. I'm giving it a 7.9. All right. It sounds Great. like, I mean, I would give it a much lower rating if I didn't really want to go see it right now. Yeah. Because, I knew absolutely nothing about it before we sat down. I hadn't right. even seen a trailer. Right. I mean, I just knew that it was kind of a rom-com and obviously the the kind of the headline of being an all-Asian mm-hmm. cast, which is awesome. And what, this movie's making all the money? 
Yeah, it's 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 crushing the box office right now. All the money. I might be able to find some numbers. Which is awesome. And it's awesome to to hear from you that not only is it crushing at the box office, it's actually a well put together movie. Yeah. It's not just a novelty or a terrible rom-com mm-hmm. that they cast with, with Asians yep. just to to appease a demographic. Like the fact that it's actually a great movie makes me happy. I would say I was reading on Letterboxd some people's reviews about this and I think I might have mentioned this one to you a while back, but somebody wrote um, and it's the best thing I've read, and it really sums up how I feel about it in the sentence. They said, uh, you know, maybe I don't hate romantic comedies. Maybe I just hate white people. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, it seems right, you know? Yeah. It's it's a great movie. I, I love this. Excellent. I love this movie a lot. Well, this has been Crazy Rich Asians with yeah. Max, and uh, I, I chimed in where I could. I, I'd like to think I got some good interview questions in. Yeah, it's a 7.9 for a man that's never seen it, and a 9 for me. We're going to jump to a break and come back with a big old Imperial Stout that Johnny brought, so please stay tuned. Johnny, I had a stressful gig the other day. I was very stressed out, and part of my bag broke. What I needed that day was both a bar and a handle. You could say I needed the handlebar. What is that? Well, aside from being a part of Broken Luggage, it's also a beer bar located right here in Chico, California, with an awesome happy hour every day from 2 to 6. That's right. 2 to 6, you get a dollar off all their draft beers, and they have amazing food. They're a great local business. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street. That's the handlebar. Please go check them out. Hey, everybody. We're back. The Four Loco's gone. Yes, Johnny finishes Four Loco. We're here in the danger zone. Uh, before we get back to Crazy Rich Asians, we're going to talk about this beer that Johnny brought. It's from Track 7 out of Sacramento. And Johnny, my friend, what is this beer? I would love to know, and I'd love to taste it. Yeah, this beer's called Under Construction. It's, uh, like young Maxwell just said, from Track 7 Brewing out of Natomas, California, which is oh, a, suburb, right, yeah. a suburb of Sacramento. It's just a neighborhood yeah, right. in Sacramento. Uh, and I have had this for a while. It was kind of a known thing. That when it was first canned and released, it was a little hot. That's right. No, actually, I remember that because I had one, and it was. Oh, yeah? Uh, no, ev- yeah. everyone I knew that had this beer that opened it, I think probably yourself included, yes. says, sit on it for a while. And it's been like eight months yeah, now. Yeah, something like that. And it's not a barrel-aged beer. But it, what it is, it yeah. is a Russian imperial stout with vanilla, coke, uh, cacao, mm-hmm. and what's the third one? Uh, coffee. Coffee. Yeah. So all it says all the right words. Yeah, it's 14.2%, everybody. Max is about to get on my level. Yeah, we'll see. It's So I remember having this too, and it was I think I had it right around when it was released, and I don't quite remember when that was, but if anybody knows, I would really love to know. Um, so it was definitely hot. I remember there not being a ton of vanilla coming out, um, but there was, like I had this at the same time. Maybe you can help me think of this. There's another beer. I think it's in a can. It's got a um, It's got a dude in a desert, I think, with kind of a black hat on. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Yeah. That was like a vanilla cinnamon yeah. stout. I want to say yeah. from like Moonraker? It was not. Oh, maybe. Whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I had it around the same time, and I remember thinking that one was a little bit more well-rounded. So I'm curious to see how this holds up or more if it kind of comes in, into its own after all this time sitting in the can. But uh, what, do you, yeah, what do you think straight away? Straight away, it's not as sweet as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get a little bit of the... Little definitely black coffee, right? Right up front, black coffee. Uh, a little bit of the cacao in the finish with like the bitter chocolate. Yep. Not much vanilla at all. If anything, a little bit of kind of a banana flavor. Right at the end there, huh? Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. I maybe it's because you're coming off the four loco, but this is extremely sweet to me. That's probably exactly what it is. Um. Yeah. This is. Uh, it's almost syrupy. I mean, it's definitely a high ABV. You can tell it's it's real hot. 
Um, but yeah, same thing, man. I don't get a lot of vanilla. I do get a lot of that um, maybe milk chocolatey slash coffeeness up front, and then it 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 bitters out to like a burnt chocolate. Kind of tastes like coffee, cho- like chocolate mocha pudding. I yeah, I could see that. Um, but I just there's some. I think there's so much heat and and um, like almost like a charcoaly kind of taste on the back end. Charcoaly. That's a yeah, good word it's, for it. Um, like a like a crisped. Yes, exactly. Burned yep. like a blackened type flavor. Um, I wonder if it's called under construction because it reminds people of asphalt, like pouring it. There's a dude. Sorry, there's a dude on the shoveling on the front gravel. shoveling. Yeah, like gravel or asphalt. I think that smells good. Have you ever driven by like fresh asphalt? Yeah, I actually. It smells yeah. weirdly good. I like the smell of you know when you go to like a go kart place. Okay. Or you know like or even a lawnmower, right? Like burning gasoline, which Sounds is not good. a good thing to smell, probably. But yeah, it's a natural part of like an engine running. You like the, yeah. An engine is fueled by gasoline burning off. I guess I'm so. more saying like it's probably not good to just like sit there and sniff it for fun. No. Like just get right head right down there and I don't like know. people in the south have been paint. doing it for years. Hey oh well, people everywhere. People yeah. everywhere, yeah. <laughs> that's like what NASCAR is. Oh, there you go. You just yeah. sit around and smell that. Yeah. And like yeah. I don't you know what I don't like is like burning rubber. Like when tires spin out. That's a bad I don't smell. love that smell. No, I've had that happen where like uh, a a belt in a vacuum gives oh and God, then it, i hate that smell it fills your house yeah. and it smells kind of like burning hair it is yeah because like the there's so much hair mm-hmm. in a vacuum too cats. yeah yeah and then the, the rubber melting and there's just this plume of smoke it ruins yes. your house the other smell, we had to move you did not move because no. of that that would have been awesome we left. Um, I don't like brake pads burning. That just scares me, though. Like yeah. I've, I've had that happen a couple times where I'm like, now I just associate that smell with uh, dying danger. Yeah. Yeah. Your brakes get so hot, they start to smoke. Yeah. Never good. Thing. No. Uh, in any case, all of those things kind of relate to this beer because they're all sort of in the same wheelhouse of the smells associated with the can art. This beer is hotter so, than the Four Loco. Yes. It's actually, and it's only point two. That's insane. That's, see, when you think of it like this, this is only. Point two. This is actually point two percent higher in alcohol than your four loco. Yeah, that should be the new bar. People should write that on their craft beer cans. Like stronger than a four loco. Look out! People just drink craft beer. Like that's oh, just a beer, and then it's like, oh yeah, it's a beer, but it's like five times stronger than your normal lager. Yeah, Not five, like three, three and a half. But still. you were going by fives percentage. Three yes. times five is close to what we were at. Yes. yes. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. I think I don't know how much I'm going to drink. It's a, it's pretty hot still. It's real hot, man. Um, I, I don't know if sitting on this for another year would have helped that. Yeah. It's a tricky part about cans. Like they don't typically age much because there's, there's a, there's no light. Yeah. There's no air contact at all. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of room for it to, to change or develop. Do you keep this in a fridge by chance? Yeah. It was cellar temp. Yeah, that's I do cans. I do cans change at all. That's what I want to know. Ah, uh, that's a good question. They might lose a little bit of carbonation. I know that's the thing with crowlers that can happen, but yeah, I think that's because it's sealed. Yeah, right. You know, that's a that's that's a good question. That's one that I don't think I really even have an answer to. Fair enough. I think that's one that we should research because it'd be good to know if like aging cans. Right. I've got a can of last year's barrel aged ten fifty. Oh, nice. We should open that next week and see how it's changed. Sounds great. Maybe yeah. do some more research, man. Yeah. You never know. If you guys have a take yes. on if cans age and if they change, hit us up on social media. I want to hear about it. Yes. Uh, if you didn't catch it at the beginning of the show, it's at Fresh Hop Cinema. We always love hearing people's feedback and what you're drinking or what you think we should be drinking or what you want to hear us drink on the show or watch. That's all good. Yeah. Hit us up. It'd be fun. So thoughts on this beer. It's really hot. It's definitely... Um, Borderline astringent on the finish. 
I poured you a full glass because I was just felt like it. Not sorry. I was drinking yeah. a four loco, but yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's not the best. It's really really missing something. Yeah, or it's either missing something or it's got too much of everything else. Yeah, there's there's a lot of it. You ever have a beer like there's so many adjuncts it doesn't taste like anything? Yes. This is getting there. I talk about that. I feel like that's my biggest complaint with beers that have more than like two things or even more than one. Oftentimes it's like there's just too much going on and I think you lose any type of nuance you might have. You just get overloaded with an amalgam of different flavors. Yeah. I don't know. I have my number for this. Do you have yours? Yeah, it's a four. Okay. I'm going to say 5.5. Yeah. I'm not digging this beer at all. Yeah. That's a bummer. But uh, if you know, there's a couple reasons you might drink this beer. And if the reason you're drinking it is not for the flavor, you just you're trying to go a little crazy and have a strong beer, you'll love it. It's you definitely know? not the worst stout I've ever had. Um, no, it is a pretty strong on the black coffee. I mean, yeah, it's not even that that bothers me. It's more of the the crispiness on the back end, like the, the burnt chocolate Oof, kind yeah. of. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't love it. Yeah, it's not the best, man. But you know, I mean, you never know until you try. Yeah, I gave this plenty of time. I would love to know if I should have given it longer. Yeah. Uh, if if a can will cool off if there's you know too much heat with ABV, that is something I will look into and uh, help me remember this fans and Max. Yeah, already done. Uh, that uh, hold me accountable to do some research and I will I will try and find some info and get that to you next week's episode. Deal. Um, let's revisit Crazy Rich Asians for a minute. Yeah. Yep. This beer is going to bed. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, ask me about in regards to this movie? What's your favorite character? Oh, I mean it's probably it's probably Rachel or Nick. Okay, well, just uh, one, obviously one of the two. Yeah, main... like there's there's entertaining other characters, but there there's nobody that really holds holds water next okay. to these ones. Was there any characters or scenes or plot points that surprised you? Yeah, kind of. Um, so you're okay with spoilers? Bring it. Okay, just one more final spoiler alert for Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Um, so there's a scene where I thought it. So at one point, basically, his mom the whole his mom the whole movie's been telling Rachel like you're not good enough for our son for all these reasons. But there's always been this little bit of hope because the grandma was like, you're pretty and you're sweet and you might make him happy. Then at the wedding that they went to, grandma like calls them aside and then grandma's like, you're not going to be enough for him ever. You can't marry him. And she breaks down, leaves. At, the, tries, yeah. at the friend's wedding? Yeah. Okay. To, yeah. Um, right when everything's going good because that's the formula for this type of movie. Sure. Um, anyways, then Rachel deals with that. for She's still in Singapore. Her mom actually flies out to see her. She's a single mother, like I said earlier. Um, Did you say that? I believe I did. I don't uh, remember. It was a throwaway line that I said, but all right. um, flies out to see her and there's a sort of sit down. Rachel asks Nick's mom to come and sit with her. They play a game of Mahjong and she's, she plays a game of poker in the beginning, by the way, I think it's poker with a student. She's, they're talking about um, the psychology of, you know, card games and winning, like playing to win or playing not to lose, which is a, a big difference. Um, so she, she beats his mom in this game basically and was like, you put Nick in a terrible position. Either he marries me and never sees his family again, because that's what he said he was going to do, or he might, uh, you know, stay with you, leave me, but resent you forever. And there's just like really nice resolution. It's it's bittersweet, but it seems like she's going to walk away. Sword fight, right? What sword fight? Mm-mm. Resolution? No, I don't get it. What are you talking about? Was there a sword fight? Was that the resolution? No. There was no, it was not a sword fight. You just asked me if there was a sword fight? Yeah. No, like a duel? Yeah. No. Okay. I don't know. Um, she goes to get on the plane. And I thought, I was like, wow, okay, maybe this movie is a little bit different than I thought. Yeah. And then he follows her onto the plane, gives this great speech, and like is dodging people. It's very cute. Um, was that the like, I'll love you no matter what 
speech, yeah. essentially. Like well, yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Choosing love over family. It, it was actually really nice because there's a scene where um, she, okay, I'm rewinding probably to like, yeah, like 30% into the movie. They're all sitting making uh, dumplings. And the mom sits and makes one. And she puts her ring in the middle. I love dumplings. Yeah. And it's this like really nice jade ring. And so Rachel asks, she's like, where'd you get your ring? Um, and she tells a story about it, which is not true. Then she tells Rachel a story later. She pulls her aside. It's like this really touching moment because Nick's mom, uh, I can't think of her name, but it's like, this is a ring. It was, um, you know, it was given to me. It was, it was, it was, oh God, it was like her husband's uh, mom's ring or something. Okay. She's like, well, she was not happy about me having it because I was not her first choice for her son mm. or her second or even her third. Oh, dose of irony. And then Rachel's like, oh, because Rachel's still trying to be nice. And she's like, well, she obviously came around then. And then her mom was like, yeah, but it took a lot of years and it was not easy. And, you know, I just didn't know the amount of responsibility I was going to have to take on as the matriarch of this family, basically. But yes, eventually it did get better. That's what she says to Rachel. Then she looks at her and she goes, but I know for sure that you're never going to be enough for my son. Like you're never, and it's like, Whoa. Whoa. she just walks away. So that's the ring. So Jeez. fast forward again. That's <laughs> aggressive. I know. So then he, he'd proposed to her once already. By the way, Nick did it at the very end of the movie, and she's like, I need to think about this. Then she goes and tells his mom during the game of Mahjong, you put him in a terrible position. I'm walking away. She gets on the plane. He chases her out of the plane. I love you forever. Pulls out a ring again. This time, it's that ring. So his mother gave her the blessing kind of sort of thing. Uh, that's because cool. So that was really nice. That almost made me cry, too. That was a beautiful scene. Uh, so I loved it. That's a pretty deep level of acceptance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's this idea that like you can because historically people make the same mistakes over and over, even if they know that it's going to be a mistake. Like what with her, she her her own mother in law would not accept her. Yeah, and she was almost powerless to just do the same thing. She's like, oh, I can't accept you. You're not good enough. Yeah. So she came around. I thought it was great. That's awesome. So was was there any standout acting roles? Was there anybody that really blew you away with any performances, or was it all just pretty there? You know, um, Rachel's mom, whose whose name I didn't write down, I didn't write down the character or the actress. Um, she was very good. She had this very good look. Yeah. Um, at the very end of that mahjong game, she was there waiting for Rachel to finish up that meeting with Nick's mom, and she like looked her dead in the eyes, like. That's my daughter. Like it was, oof. It was that good. mama bear came. It out. was crazy. Yeah, nice. Uh, it was a really good look. Um, Last question. Yeah. How much do you know about mahjong now? Nothing. We need to learn. Yeah, it's as from what I understand, it's like a little. T it's like tiles, but they're bigger than tiles. They're kind of like blocks. Yeah. And it's like a matching game of some sort. No, that's Taipei. No, this game was that. Is it? Yeah. So you might be thinking of mahjong. No, I'm definitely thinking of Taipei. Okay, maybe they're similar. I think it's Taipei, the computer game that came on like Windows 95. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I mean, I know what Windows 95 is, but. I'm not an idiot. Uh, type. <laughs> am I saying that completely wrong? And it was mahjong the whole time. Maybe that'd be awful. Yeah. Well, you should find out and, and let us know on Twitter. Post on Twitter or Instagram or something. Yeah, I'm gonna post a video of how to play this game. Yeah. We should get some tiles and Deal. play. That'd be great. Um, I'm all good, man. That's that's what I wanted to cover. I think everybody should go see Crazy Rich Asians. It's awesome. Yeah. This sounds like a, a official it's endorsement a, yeah. from you. It's a great date night movie or date day. Yeah. It's a great movie. Well, I check guess. it out. Yeah. You, you said during the break you wanted to see it again. So yeah. I think that kind of is the ultimate testament to a movie, at least from us. Yep. We watch so many damn movies. Yep. Like To want to take the time to see something twice is uh, it's pretty high praise. Yeah. I told you that I watched Black Klansman again. Yeah. Great. Can we discuss that for a sec? We have a little bit of time yeah, here dude. at the end. Uh, let's, put, let's put this movie to bed. Okay. Uh, and, uh, well, 
Moving say, right along. Say what it was. Crazy Rich Asians. Go see it. It's in wide release now. Uh, has been out as at the time of this recording. Uh, actually, that doesn't really matter. This will come out. Well, this will come out on Monday. Yeah. So you should still have some show times for the next couple of weeks. It should I be. highly recommend checking it out. The way this is taken over the box office, yeah. uh, it, it's going to be out for a while. Yes. Word. I'm going to go check it out, and uh, maybe I'll give you a little bit of a rundown the next yeah. time we sit down, let you yeah. know what I thought. Uh, let's talk about your second viewing of Black Klansman. Yeah. So I, I saw it. Um, I saw it with Gianna. Okay. In Reno. Nice. If you've not seen Black Klansman, don't worry about it. I'm not going to spoil anything right now. Uh, so it was good. It was. It didn't hit me any harder. Um, some of the jokes were a little bit funnier because I kind of knew they were coming, um, which is not usually the case with jokes. Um, but this time, like I, I was, the tone was set for me. Like the first time you see Black Klansman, there's like so much of that. There's so much hate speech being spewed, like even yeah. ironically or even from like, um, what's his first name? Washington, uh, John David Washington's character. Mm-hmm. Like you're almost uncomfortable with it, but then you understand kind of the movie the second time. So I think I was a little bit more open to some of that. Yeah. Um, the shock value maybe had lessened kind of, a little. Yeah. Um, and then it was just like to be in a different city with a different crowd of people. And when that final sequence comes on, uh, just hits everybody the same. Like it's so intense it's a gut punch yeah it really is yeah but i think it's i think it was important i think i've solidified that movie in in my top five for the year so far easily so top three so you're saying not only did it hold up it uh was also enjoyable second time yes did you glean more from it anything stand out more that you missed the first time like it did seem kind of weird that like i i don't know so minor, and that's not really a spoiler. It's in the trailer mostly. You know, they have the two cops playing Ron Stallworth, like one on the phone and one in person. Yeah. That happened because Ron, real Ron Stallworth, here we go, called and was like, hi, I'm Ron Stallworth. I want to join the club. And they're like, did you just use your real name? He's like, yes, oops. And then, all right, we need a white guy to go be in the meetings. Why didn't Why didn't uh, Adam Driver's character flip or whatever just also then talk on the phone? Like, why would they have to keep doing the split voice? Like, make him just be on the phone then. Right. Otherwise, like, why risk two different voices? Yeah, because they don't sound anything. Alike. No. That was one thing I noticed the first time. I'm like, they don't sound much. And like, I get it. Like, I'm I'm sure that could work. Um, but also, like, casting wise, the, these two actors have very different voices. Maybe in real life, these two people sounded more similar. But even then, why risk it? Yeah. Just just give him a script or coach him a little. Yeah. But then again, it's like it's a true story, so that's not what they did. So I'm not going to yeah. criticize it because that's how they played it. So yeah. And I mean, the I sev- think about that more. What was it the 70s? They were a different time. Yeah, we were yeah. we're way more schooled in espionage now. Yeah, I think it was sixty eight or something. Yeah, we know how to use. Yeah, they're similar. I don't know voice yeah. on the phone. So Black Klansman's great though too. Love that movie. Yeah, I'd love to see it again. I just watched a movie with Adam Driver. Oh yeah, you told me that. Yeah, uh, while we're young with Adam Driver on and Netflix, Ben Stiller on yeah. Netflix. I tweeted out a list of a twenty four movies that are on Netflix. Uh, I have gone through. Uh, seven of the 26. So I've got 19 more to go. You're saying on that list or A24 films in general? No, on the list of A24 films that are available for streaming on Netflix. Okay, gotcha. So there's 26 total. I have 19 left to watch, but I'm, I'm going through the list slowly but surely. Sure. I wanted to just pull up my, my letterbox real quick because I have, um, I think I do, uh, a list of, let me just do this here. So uh, there's a list on Letterboxd by the user Tenzin. It is the complete filmography of A24. I have that one saved as well. Okay, sweet. So I've seen, I'm just going to count them real quick. Um, if I can, let's see. In order of me watched. Good. Done. While you do that, I'm going to say what I watched. Sure. Yeah, the the two that I've watched most recently on Netflix are Room. 
yep. which is an absolutely tremendous movie. I won't say much of what it's about because I went in pretty blind, but just know that this was the first A24 film that won an Academy Award. Nice. Yes. Best yeah. actress by the main character in this film. So Brie Larson, right? Brie Larson. Yeah. She is amazing in this movie, and I 100% understand why she won. Yeah. So I've seen I've seen 23 A24 wow. films. Right. Got to watch one tonight. Uh, but I've seen Under the Skin, Lock X, Machina, The Witch, Green Room, The Lobster, Swiss Army Man, American Honey, Moonlight, Free Fire, also with Brie Larson, It Comes at Night, A Ghost Story, Florida Project, Killing of a Sacred Deer, Lady Bird, The Disaster Artist, First Reformed, Hereditary, and Eighth Grade. Nice. Yeah, they put out some good, some of the, a lot of my favorite movies are in there. Yeah. Of the year. Seriously, me too. Well, sweet. Me too. Ghost Stories up there. I actually just put that in my top five. Oh, nice, uh, dude. Letterboxd. Yeah, that's so good. I don't know why it's not in my top five. It should be. Oh, well. Should we get out of people's ears? Yeah, I want to go watch movies. Okay, well. Let's finish this podcast and go watch TV. Let's do it. I'm Brandon. I am Steve Miller. See you next time. Former bodybuilder. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Cinema.